Hi there, this is Voicebox. We're all about the human voice and the best of the vocal music scene. I'm Chloe Veltman. Thanks for joining me. That well-known song we just heard was, of course, Lean On Me by Bill Withers. The chorus of singers who gathered to sing the song as a way to show support following the terrible earthquake and tsunami in Japan in 2011 wasn't any ordinary chorus, though. They came together using a special group singing app. That's another word for tool in today's digital parlance. On their smartphones. All it took was for one user to put out the word via the app, inviting other users to join her in singing Lean On Me, for thousands of like-minded singing fans across the world to jump in and sing. The result, as I think you'll agree, is unique and quite moving. There are hundreds of thousands of apps available for users of smartphones and tablets to download, and the last few years have seen a surge in the uptake of these tools. People use apps to do everything from finding out what time the next bus is coming and checking their stocks, to playing games and managing their weight loss. But did you know that there are apps out there for helping people to sing in tune and for turning a speech into a song, and that apps like these are attracting millions of users? On tonight's show, we're going to explore some of the amazing possibilities that vocal music fans and singers have for exploring their voices using those ubiquitous little gadgets that so many of us carry around these days, smartphones and tablets. My guest in the studio is Prerna Gupta, who turned her passion for singing into a business that produces some very interesting vocal music apps. Hi Prerna, thanks for coming into the studio. Hi Chloe, thanks for having me. Like me, Prerna, you've always loved to sing. Tell us first a bit about your background as a singer. Sure. So I grew up singing my whole life. Um, I'm of Indian heritage, and I think you know culturally in uh, in India, singing is just something that you do every day. You don't have to uh, grow up, you know, taking singing lessons or even really being that talented. It's just part of everyday life. When you get together with your family and friends, you sing. And so singing was a big part of my culture. I grew up performing on stage. I didn't have a lot of um, training. You know, I took a few singing lessons here and there, but it's not. I can't read music. You know, I can't play any instruments and I don't know music theory, but I love to sing. Um, and I think, you know, at some point in my life, I had a dream of being a professional singer and, you know, uh, you know, may- maybe getting famous, singing on MTV and all of that. Uh, but of course, practicality took over sooner rather than later. And uh, instead, I <clears throat> decided to study economics as an undergrad at Stanford and I went into business. Um, but I came upon an opportunity uh, a few years after I graduated from college to actually get back into singing um, and into the business of music creation. As it turns out, I ended up marrying a man who um, was a researcher in music and artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his specialty was actually creating um, technologies that take some sort of uh, input, some sort of you know uh, audio input, and make it more musical, help it be more musical. And so the goal with that is to help, to use technology to help everyday people who might not necessarily be the best musicians become better musicians. Uh, he was a professor at Georgia Tech in the Department of Music Technology there and he developed a uh, a reverse karaoke technology that will listen to you singing and analyze it and automatically compose music to match. So this term reverse karaoke, what does that actually mean? <laughs> so it's a made up term, but the idea is with regular karaoke, there's a back, backing track that's an existing backing track and you sing on top of it. Mm-hmm. The idea for reverse karaoke is that you sing a cappella, and the technology actually creates the backing track to match you and it matches. So you can sing at any tempo, you can sing at a key that's natural for your own voice and you can make up a song and it'll create music to match that. I see. So um, 
why are vocal music apps we're going to get into talking about some of the different ones that you've created and some of the other ones of the landscape too why are vocal music apps something that people should download i mean why should we care about them well you know my personal feeling as i said i mean you know with my experience growing up in the indian culture for humans, you know, for millennia, singing was a part of daily life. Right. We don't maybe realize that that much anymore. And it's something that I think we've gotten away from. And the reason, I think, is that it's really with the advent of recorded uh, music where, you know, um, be, it became relatively much easier to listen to the best music in the world and the most talented musicians in the world than it was to create your own. Mm-hmm. And so this idea that you got together and sang, regardless of how talented or how well-trained you were, really took a back seat to right. listening to professional music. Um, but I actually believe that technology is kind of bringing us full circle again, where we have these really powerful technologies that um, that are accessible to us on the mobile device that help us be comfortable again singing and creating music that's relevant in the modern context, um, but not necessarily, you know, having to be professional or having to spend years training doing it. Mm-hmm. So, in a sense, you see what you're doing is putting singing back into people's well, not their hands, putting it back into people's yeah. bodies, their voices. Exactly, just empowering people to sing again, and um, you know, it's something that I think is innate. It's an innate form of self-expression. In fact, many anthropologists believe that. Um, music was a precursor to speech. Mm-hmm. So I think in many senses, it's the most fundamental form of human expression and communication. Yeah. And so I think, uh, you know, our goal is to use apps to bring that back to people. Okay. So how many people have don- downloaded your apps to date? So we've had over 80 million people uh, install uh, our music apps at Smeal. Okay. And um, how much does the average app cost? So it varies. Many of our apps are actually free. And, uh, you know, the bulk of those downloads have come from free apps, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we have in, in the free apps, um, you can you get some things, the basic technology and a few songs for free, and then you can purchase more songs. Uh-huh. Uh, but then we also have some apps that are 99 cents or two ninety nine. I see. Okay. How profitable is your company? Yeah. So we're still growing and we're not profitable yet, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, but we are, we're getting close. So every year, uh, you know, we, our, our revenues grow dramatically and we're getting closer and closer to profitability. And uh, we actually think this year uh, will be the year that we turn our profit. Great. Okay. Well, what makes devices like smartphones and tablets particularly great for developing tools for singers in your point of view? Well, there are a couple of things. One is uh, they're actually amazingly par- powerful. So, uh, you know, they there's especially on the iOS devices and, and some of the more recent um, Android devices, such as the Samsung phones, um, the, the processor speeds are you know, remarkable. These are basically the supercomputers of, of 30 years ago. Um, so it just really en- enables us to create software that can do a lot. You know, so the idea, for example, you mentioned turning speech into music. So taking a spoken word and processing it and make it sound like you're singing, that's actually really processor intensive and you need a very powerful computer to be able to do something mm-hmm. like that. So it's just simply the hardware um, capabilities uh, enable that. Of course, then there's also the multi-touch uh, interface, allowing you to interact with your with your uh, phone in such a personal way. You know, these things are becoming, they're not just tools to communicate. They're actually, uh, you know, they're very personal devices that you begin to have a personal relationship with. And so music is also a very personal thing. And so I think that there's just something about the interaction between a person and their mobile um, smartphone uh, that lends itself to that kind of intimacy. Um, right. Yeah, I mean, I, c- I think that that's definitely visible from some of the apps that you make that are instrumental apps. Mm-hmm. For example, that, that 
incredible uh, app. I is it Magic Piano? Yeah, right, Magic that's Piano. Right, Magic Piano. Where I've seen the videos online, and mm-hmm. it looks like. Th- someone sits down and they play all these different little lights and it comes sure. out sounding like this is incredible yep. uh, solo concerto or whatever with incredible virtuosity but the player doesn't have to have a traditional piano training to be able to do that but it but it looks extremely pretty with all these lights mm-hmm. on it and and you see the guy playing with his fingers dancing um, <laughs> so I can see the strength of the relationship between yeah. the player and the device in that instance, but with the voice. Yeah, so I mean, I actually think voice is actually, and we see this in our apps and the different apps that we have. Voice is actually even more intimate mm-hmm. um, than than you know the the touch based instruments, and so it's not. It's more about the sort of relationship that people have with their mobile devices, and that's something that I think they feel they're starting to feel is almost an extension of their bodies. Mm-hmm. And so you know when you're doing something as as intimate and and sometimes you know as sometimes it can be scary to sing and so i think when you're when you're doing it with a device that you're so comfortable with that it feels like an extension of your hand um it, it just makes it easier and it lowers the barrier because mm-hmm. the whole goal of our products is to lower the barrier to mm-hmm. um, musical self-expression a little demo of Prana showing off Ladi Da, the first product she developed. Prana, Ladi Da has evolved over time. What was its main use in the beginning? So Ladi Da was actually originally conceived of as a research project in a lab at Georgia Tech. Mm-hmm. and where, uh, your, where your husband worked, that's you right. mentioned. Yeah, mm-hmm. where my husband worked. And uh, the goal you know, was to be an automatic uh, composer, basically. So you could sing and, and the computer would uh, be the backing track, would be your band. Um, I was actually playing around with this back when it was a, a you know research project. And uh, basically, it was just really exciting for me. You know, as I mentioned, I, I didn't have any musical training and can't play any instruments, but I love to sing. And so for me, it was very empowering to be able uh, to just sing a cappella and have an entire track created mm-hmm. out of it. And I felt that there were millions of people out there just like me who love to sing and, you know, but really would probably very rarely have the chance to hear their own voice set to music in that way. Um, so I, uh, I thought it'd be great to turn it into an iPhone app. So mm-hmm. my husband and I decided to form a company together. We commercialized the technology and licensed it from Georgia Tech and uh, uh, launched an iPhone app called La Dida. Okay. Now your company at the time was called... Kush. Yeah, that's right. Right, okay. And uh, yeah, just a little note on that. So Kush actually means, it's it's a word that means joyful um, in, in Hindi. Mm-hmm. And we named it that because we feel that um, music creation, and of course, you know, our, our first product was a singing product, mm-hmm. and that singing in particular is one of the most um, universal, really the only universal, one of the only universal forms of happiness, one of the sources of happiness. I agree. Yeah, it's <laughs> fantastic. But it must have been interesting going from, well, your, your initial years as an entrepreneur was spent creating social media site for the Indian community. So um, was it such a big leap for you to go from being in that world? I mean, you sold your company uh, in that reign and then you started uh, doing this, doing Kush. So was it similar? Yeah, I mean, 
it was a different medium, obviously. I mean, I think going from web to, to mobile is very different. Um, but actually, I think we always conceived of our products as social in, in one way or another. And the social aspects, you know, have been, we've been building those out mm. over time. But, you know, as I said, music really is a fundamental form of human communication. And it's always been a social act. And so... Mm. I think, you know, for us, our first goal was to make music creation as easy as possible for mm-hmm. people. And then the ultimate goal was to then allow people to use that f- that form of self-expression to socialize mm-hmm. um, through the okay. mobile phone. So it was pretty much just a continuum or an extension of what you'd been doing all along yeah. in terms of social. OK, yeah. well, of course, La Di Da has evolved a lot since its its early beginnings. And one thing I love about it is how you don't have to be a good singer to use it at all. I mean, you have a <laughs> lovely voice, but not everyone does. So I thought we could play this wonderful clip of your husband and, and business partner Parag, yes. right? Um, showing off how La Dida can provide encouragement to even the most vocally challenged person. Here I am singing very badly in public There's a point to this horrible singing So hopefully it, it will make some sense out of this nonsense. So let's see what it's done. listening to Voice Box with me, Chloe Veltman. Tonight, we're exploring the world of vocal music apps with Prerna Gupta. To find out more about our series and download our free weekly podcast, please visit voicebox-media.org and you can also connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. We just heard an example of how the technology can help people who wouldn't normally dare to sing fashion a full-fledged pop song. Prana, can you tell us more about the technology behind La Dida and perhaps demo how it works for us? I see sure. you have your, your iPhone with you. Yeah, so the technology is actually um, surprisingly sophisticated. You know, you wouldn't you know, part of our goal with our with our apps is to take very um, you know, very sophisticated and, and kind of hardcore AI technologies and package them in such a way that the user doesn't necessarily have to think about what's going on behind the scenes. But um, actually, what La Dida does, so you, you, you can sing any song. It can be something completely original. It can be uh, a song in any language. And it'll actually analyze the musical characteristics of what you're singing. So it's not trying to match what you're singing to some existing database of songs. It's mm-hmm. completely agnostic um, to what you're singing. But it tries to determine um, the key that you're singing in and the different notes that you're singing and even learn a little bit about the structure. So, for mm-hmm. example, are you singing a verse or a chorus? And it uses all that information to um, compose a backing track to match that. 
And it, this is, you know, so how does it decide what, what would seem right? So it's actually, um, it's a technology that has learned, it's been trained on a different set of songs from many different genres um, to understand statistically, if you see certain characteristics and a certain song structure, um, you know, what are the chord progressions that would um, probably sound good mm-hmm. with, with um, the set of things that you've given it? Okay. Well, so you want to give it a go? Yes. Let's. I let's know you've got a bit of a cold today, <laughs> but I'm sure you'll still be able to sing. And also, I, I would love to try it too. Okay, great. That's uh, Usually people are scared to, to try it themselves. Well, so there's, no, there's nobody here. It's just you and me. It's not like anyone's going to you know actually hear this. It's just a very, very private singing session we have here. All right. So I'm going to sing um, Amazing Grace. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. All right, so it processed it, and here's the music. Amazing grace, how sweet That's amazing. <laughs> the sound that saved a wretch like me. Oh, cool. Can I have Thanks. a go then? Yeah. I, I was just thinking that I'd like to try and sing. So I... I I don't know, a few weeks ago, I made up this stupid little ditty on my drive down to Stanford because I was excited. I was excited about my birthday coming up for some reason. I'm a bit too old to be excited about my birthday coming up. That's great. So uh, let's see. So I just yeah. press play, well, right? Yeah. So just one thing. You can set the tempo. I have it set to around 76 BPM. Mm-hmm. If you, I don't know if that's good. If uh, not, well, you can we'll see. It. Okay. So I can just... Uh, is it going to count me in or something? Mm-hmm. No, it's playing oh, your thing again. <laughs> Yeah, so this is our first step. So the UI wasn't that <laughs> well thought out, but you, if you just hit record, then it'll oh, yeah. get ready. When I was four feet tall, I counted off the days till my birthday with a crayon on the wall. Now I'm five foot six. The crayon's gone and the wall is clean, but apparently. Still up to my old tricks. When I was four I started too early. I counted off the days till my birthday with a crayon on the wall. Now I'm five foot six. The crayon's gone and the wall is clean, but apparently still up to my old tricks. <laughs> I love cool. it. I think it came out great. Fun. <laughs> Next, should we continue with our interview? Yes. I guess I'm interested to know how, how what the uptake of the app was uh, as it went from being this predominantly musical accompaniment tool to being something that helped people sing better or with more confidence. Yeah, so there was a dramatic change when we, um, you know, started thinking of it as a, a product that helps, you know, we called it a, 
you know, helps bad singers sound good. Um, so when we first launched it, we launched it in October of 2009, we, we didn't have any vocal effects or pitch correction um, to aid bad singers, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, I used to demo it myself and, um, you know, I, I would sing with it. And the feedback that we got was, that, you know, this is intimidating. You know, I, huh. I, I can't sing like that. You know, I, I don't really, this is not a product that I can use. And we were getting a few hundred downloads uh, a month at that time. And basically no one was using the product. Mm-hmm. Um, we took that feedback and we decided to make an update to the product where we added some vocal effects such as reverb and pitch correction. And that fundamentally changed um, the perception of the product. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, when we launched this update in February of 2010, um, we saw a huge dramatic uplift in the number of people who were downloading the product. It became a top 10 music app in iTunes mm. and it remained a top 10 music app for over a year and a half after that point. And we now have over two and a half million um, um, installs two and a half million people who have downloaded the product. Wow. Okay. Um, well, before we leave Ladi Dar behind, I'd like to play this fun clip uh, culled from YouTube, which features a lovelorn, vocally challenged nerd using the app to impress the woman of his dreams. First, we'll hear him singing into the app with his raw voice, and then we'll see how the app transforms this love song that he's created into a surefire hit. Sitting in my cubicle. Hoping that you would come Stealing glances at your long black hair Wishing that you'd come to me I'd be floating On a big white cloud With you by my side The rain would never come I'd be floating On a big white cloud with you by the side, the rain would never come. Sitting in my cubicle, hoping that you would come. Stealing glances at your long black hair, wishing that you'd come to me. This is Voicebox, and I'm Chloe Valtman. I'm in the studio with Prerna Gupta, the chief product officer at the music app maker Smule. We're talking about the wild world of vocal apps. How do you typically go about developing an app for the vocal music space, Prerna? Well, we've gotten to a point, it used to take us a little longer back in the day, but we've gotten to a point where um, usually we spend around two to three months um, developing an app now and and before we bring it to market. Um, And the way it works is, you know, someone in the company will come up with an idea, you know, wouldn't it be cool if we had an app that did X? And then we generally... um, you know, discuss it as a team and decide if that's an idea that might be worth pursuing. And if it's so, if it is, we take a couple of weeks to develop a prototype. Um, and now, you know, we have a lot of technologies in our tool chest that we can often reuse or repackage mm-hmm. to develop new apps. So for example, pitch correction, you know, our, our vocal processing apps that turn speech into a melody or turn mm-hmm. speech into rap, um, you know, and the reverse karaoke technology. So sometimes we'll take existing tools and then build on top of them um, to create a new product. So we spend, try to spend no more than two, two weeks to prototype a product and see if it's something that will resonate. Mm-hmm. Then 
we again get together once the prototype is ready. You know, we show a few people, maybe, you know, friends and family of the company, people inside the company. And, um, you know, we get a sense of, is this something that's going to res- resonate or not? It's definitely not a very scientific process at mm-hmm. that stage. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes with these things, it's difficult because there's a lot of intuition involved. And I think that's partly because of what we're doing. We're creating, um, you know, vocal apps and they're singing apps. And it's it's hard to know. I don't think, um, you know, it's not like a... Some, a game like there are a lot of games for example on the on the iphone device Um, it's a lot easier for gaming companies to kind of look at their statistics and decide predict ahead of time you know is this game going to be successful or not for us a lot of it really comes down to intuition and do Mm -hmm. we feel like this product is creating um the type of joyful experience that um you know good music creation um products can create Mm. um so anyways you know we we look at our prototype decide if we think it's it's going to create joy and if we do think so then we fund it and we spend another two to three months uh, developing the product Mm -hmm. uh, at that time okay and then you ship it off to apple to get their approval and then it goes on the app store yeah exactly and so do you do market research to know whether whether such a product would find uh users um you know, a little bit. I mean, I think, like I said, our market research is, is definitely not a perfect science. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have an existing user base, obviously, mm-hmm. and a lot of times the usage that we see in our existing apps in, will inform, um, mm-hmm. you know, the future apps that we develop. So, for example, um, our the second app that my company developed was Songify, mm-hmm. which, which we've we're mentioned. Talk about, yeah. um, and it, it turned speech into music. And, yeah. and the reason we came up with that idea is because pe- we actually... I saw a good, uh, significant portion of our users in La Da talking into La Da uh-huh. and trying to make music um, from by talking into it. Yeah. And but the the technology was really designed for singing. It expected melodic input. Right. And. So we thought, wouldn't it be cool if we create a technology that's actually designed for speech input? Yeah, and that app, Songify, has become one of your most popular ones, yeah, right? Yeah, that's right. It's one of the um, the most popular apps we've ever developed, and it is um, it's only it's second only to Magic Piano. So it's our most popular vocal app. We have yeah. over 15 million installs. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, I was, I, when I was looking um, at the top apps on mm-hmm. on iTunes mm-hmm. in the music domain, it's amazing to me how many of those top apps are, are piano ones. Yeah, <laughs> why is that? Yeah, well. Uh, you know, you're asking a very deep question. It's not clear. I mean, I think, um, you know, like I said, I, I really do think the voice is something that's very intimate. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more intimate than the touch actions. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's something about a piano that's much more accessible to people because all you have to do is tap on your screen and you can make music. Mm-hmm. Um, voice is still a little bit intimidating for mm-hmm. people. Um, and our goal has always been, you know, to how can we use technology to lower the mm-hmm. barrier? Yeah. Okay. But I mean, Smule has all these other great instrumental apps as well, like the ocarina one and the, tr- and the trum- <laughs> the trombone one, which is a lot of fun. That's true. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But the piano one's still yeah, wildly there's, popular. There's just something about the piano. <laughs> Interesting. So back to Songify, I'd be lovely if you could just take us through that app, tell us a little bit about the technology, maybe demo it for us. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, as I said, Songify turned speech into music and the inspiration really did come from um, how people were using La Da. And the idea was, you know, a lot of people are uncomfortable singing, um, but most of us, you know, talk all day long. And mm-hmm. so can we take sort of the most basic thing that we're doing all day, every day, and use that as, as a way to encourage people to make music? Mm-hmm. Um, so this is how Songify works. It's really easy. You just tap the big record button in the middle and you can say anything at all. We're here with Chloe on Voicebox and we're exploring innovative ways for 
people to make music with their voice. We're here with Chloe on Vo- We're here with Chloe on Voicebox and we're exploring innovative ways Voicebox and we're exploring innovative ways for people to make music with their voice for people to make music with their voice. I'm also going to do another version of uh-huh. a different song that I think um, might be more evocative. So you're picking, you have to select specific backing tracks. Yeah, so the way it works is, and we have lots and lots of different backing tracks that you can choose, and the song completely changes depending on the backing track yeah. that you choose because it's based on the underlying melody of the song. So this is very different. With La Di Da, the music is ba- gets composed based on the underlying melody that you create. Mm-hmm. With this, we expect you to not give us any melody at all, mm-hmm. and we... C- uh, superimpose essentially a melody on top. Um, mm-hmm. So let me uh, choose a different song here just to illustrate that. We're here with Chloe on Voice Box. We're here with Chloe on Voice Box and we're exploring innovative ways for people to make music with their voices. And we're exploring innovative ways for people to make music with their voices. That's pretty wonderful. So how many different backing tracks are there to choose from on the Songify app right now? There are, I don't know the latest number, but there are lots. There's something like 50 um, different Mm -hmm. songs that you can choose from. And some of them are, um, you know, original songs that we've created ourselves. Um, Some were actually created by the Gregory Brothers, who are these um, famous musicians on YouTube who actually became famous for turning speech into music. And, you know, they used to do this manually. They would take interesting and funny speeches that they saw on TV, such as, you know, President Obama making a speech about something. And they would uh, put it through, you know, um, pitch correction filters and sing on top of it and turn it into a song. And when we created this technology that turned speech into music using, you know, automatically using technology, we reached out to them because we just felt it would be such an interesting partnership. And they're totally cool and really progressive and, and you know, fell in love with the idea as well. So we partnered with them on Songify and uh, we've, you know, we've uh, done this product together. So they've been our promotional partners. Uh, yeah. Well, let's uh, actually hear the sort of thing that the Gregory Brothers have been up to with this uh, speech to music technology. Here's a track that takes dialogue from a 2012 presidential race debate between Mitt Romney and Barack Obama and transforms it into song. Obama, Romney, ready, set, go. As president, I will sit down day one, sit down with leaders for a couple hours, talk about the issues talk about challenges part of being a leader is not just saying i'll sit down but you have to have a plan what it is that you intend to do you have to have a plan okay moving on now will the economy get better soon uh, uh, uh will i have to pawn my microsoft zoom uh, uh, uh the reason we've been in such a crisis, such a crisis, such a crisis. reckless behavior banks making money hand over fist you couldn't have you're tuned into Voicebox and I'm Chloe Veltman. Please visit voicebox-media.org to find out more about our series and our free weekly podcasts are always available on iTunes and on the Voicebox website. My guest is Prana Gupta, the Chief Product Officer at the music app maker Smule, whose career as an entrepreneur in the field of designing mobile digital tools for singers and vocal music fans grew out of her passion for singing.
We're talking about the exciting frontiers of the vocal music app landscape and just heard a track that illustrates how the kind of technology that Prerna's company has developed can turn spoken words into sung ones. It was the Gregory Brothers musical adaptation of a 2012 presidential race debate between Mitt Romney and Barack Obama. Speech turned into song. Now, I'd like to play devil's advocate for a moment, Prenna. Why would anyone want to be able to turn speech into song? Does Songify have any value beyond novelty value? <laughs> it's a great question. And actually, it was a question that we asked ourselves before, you know, we built the product. Because, you know, as I said, our goal was always to, you know, help people make music and to um, to bring music creation into people's lives and to, you know, bring this back to, to for people who don't consider themselves to music, musicians to actually start making music again. Um, and we asked ourselves, are we making it too easy? You know, are we somehow taking the creativity out of it or taking the value or joy out of it? Um, and what we found is it, it amazed us. I mean, I think Songify's success amazed us and also the, the amazing and creative ways in which people use this tool that we had built mm-hmm. um, in ways that we had never imagined. So. Mm-hmm. You know, we've had people email us and tell us that they have done um, marriage proposals using Songify, and you know, they'd always wa- you would have loved to create a song to to propose, you know, to their wives or to their fiancés, but didn't have the ability to do that. Um, some of the things that that we really didn't expect. Um, there are teachers um, all over the country who independently found Songify and started using it in their lessons to teach. Um, different types of uh, lessons in elementary school, you know, history lessons, math, um, basically using Songify as a mnemonic device. Mm -hmm. And I I think, you know, the key is they felt that Songify, because it was such an easy way for their kids to um, turn, you know, certain things they're trying to remember into music, um, it it made lessons more engaging. And it also helped them remember things because, Mm -hmm. you're, you're, you know, songs they have repetition and yeah. they're just they, they are known to be a memory aid and this was really fascinating because it was not some certainly nothing that we thought of or anything that we'd done to particularly encourage this type of use and we saw it pop up again and again and again there are teachers who all teachers from across the country have never even spoken to each other who've written blogs about using songify in this way um, another thing that we saw was um, speech therapists using Songify uh, to help autistic children vocalize. So, you know, they found that for kids who have trouble producing speech or, you know, have the ability to produce some sound but can't quite um, uh, take the next step to actually produce speech, um, Songify can be an effective um, sort of stepping stone to getting them to vocalize where they will um, say a sound, you know, make a sound into Songify and it'll turn it into a song and hearing them, hearing their own voice in that way um, kind of lowers inhibition and and gets them to start helping them feel more comfortable vocalizing. Well, here's a clip of a student named Benjamin who was part of an art class where the teacher had the students create songs at the start of the year about the things that they plan to do during the year to make it a great one. I will paint pictures that will hopefully inspire people to save the planet. I will help with cleaning up after projects. I am going to be more creative and help others and cheer up others. I will help little kids who get hurt from crying. I will paint pictures that will hopefully inspire people to save the planet. I will help with cleaning up after projects. I am going to be more creative and help others and cheer up. I will help little kids who get hurt from crying. 
I'm Chloe Veltman and I'm chatting about vocal music apps for mobile devices on Voicebox tonight. My guest is the entrepreneur and singer Prana Gupta, whose company Smule has developed a number of fascinating digital tools in this space. Please visit voicebox-media.org for more information about our series. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter and friend us on Facebook. Our free weekly podcasts are also available on the Voicebox website and iTunes, where you can find all the apps that we're talking about this evening. Prenna, you have another app called Auto Rap, which is kind of like Songify for hip hop artists. How yes. does that one work? So it's uh, similar in the sense that it you know turns speech into music. This one turns speech into rap, and it was again built uh, off of you know our success of Songify and um, requests that we got from our users and, and um, use cases that we saw. So we you know a lot of people actually love hip hop music. It's a very popular Mm -hmm. form of pop music, obviously. And um, we did, you know, we saw people trying to rap into it. But again, because Songify, you know, take whatever you say and make it melodic, Mm -hmm. um, it it really loses all the rhythm um, of Uh the original um, speech input. So we set out to create a technology that will take any type of speech and uh, make it rhythmic, essentially. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's it's actually a really, really difficult problem. Um, you, you would think that, you know, taking something that was speech and, you know, turning it into rap would be maybe not that difficult because speech and rap seem so closely right. related. But um, to actually, it's actually quite brilliant what rappers do. Yeah. <laughs> it takes a lot of talent and um, just there's... Uh, just, you know, being able to take different syllables and um, align them to a rhythmic grid in a way that sounds natural um, is actually very, very difficult. But we spent three months on the R&D for this technology, which is a lot in the app world. Mm -hmm. Um, But eventually, I think we came up with something that's, you know, decent. It it still has work to do, but um, it it seems to have resonated quite well. We've had over six million people um, install AutoRap since we launched it last year. And, uh, you know, I think we've created something interesting. Do any famous rappers use it, or is it mostly for hobbyists? So thus far, it's been mostly for hobbyists. and you know, again, that's that's always been the goal with our products to to for it to be something that for people who wouldn't have considered themselves musicians right. to be able to take these tools and express themselves um, musically through that. Can we have a demo of that one? Or? Yeah, absolutely. This is Auto Rap. It's a new app from Smule that turns speech into rap and corrects bad rapping. <laughs> This is auto it's a new app from Smule that turns speech and rap and rest bad rap bad rap. This is auto it's a new app from Smule that turns speech and rap and rest bad rap bad rap bad rap. This is auto it's a new app from Smule that turns speech and rap and rest bad rap bad rap. This is auto Love it. Thanks. So this is actually for me um, was probably more exciting than Songify for me personally because you know as we mentioned I grew up singing and it's Uh something I've been doing my whole life but I cannot rap at all. I'm terrible at it, and so to be able to hear my voice in this way Uh was for me really empowering and pretty awesome. So when you were developing the app, did you actually work with rappers to help find the right way to do it? So. well, we listen to a lot of rap music, mm-hmm. I would say, and I think everyone on our team, um, you know, for months we just we spent kind of immersed ourselves in rap music, and um, 
spent a lot of time analyzing what exactly it is that rappers do. And, you know, like I said, it's actually, it's brilliant. Um, The way that they kind of internalize a certain rhythm Mm -hmm. and then play, you know, it's never quite, quite exact. It's not just, it's not just dut, dut. Duh, mm-hmm. duh, right there's a cadence and there, there's kind of a there's this sort of give and take that happens with the way that they land syllables on the beat and sometimes a little bit before and sometimes a little bit after so we spent a lot of time analyzing that and trying to mimic that and you know like I said I don't think um, I don't think we, we got anywhere near perfect but we started to be able to understand that basically what's happening is you take words and you you break them up into syllables and you try to align each syllable to the rhythmic grid. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was, you know, after listening to hours and hours of rap and listening to different people's styles, we tried to create um, a technology that would sort of generalize that. Wow. That sounds like quite an undertaking. <laughs> it was. <laughs> so Prana, I think the strides that Smule and others in the space are making in the music app world to make song making something that anyone can do are remarkable. But I have to admit that most of the results I've heard are a bit one dimensional and tinny sounding. Mm-hmm. And the voices sound super auto tuned and mm-hmm. robotic and processed and they retain very little of their individual character. Um, similarly, the musical accompaniments seem quite canned. So can you talk a bit about that and, and, and perhaps explain what you might be doing to broaden the aesthetic palette of your products? Yeah, I think that's a great point. And, you know, as, as a singer myself, I couldn't agree more. Um, I, you know, for us, we really view this as a first step. Mm-hmm. So these technologies that we developed, I mean, they didn't exist anywhere in the world, you know, a year, you know, more than a year, a year and a half ago right. before we developed them. Um, and to us, the fact that they've been so successful is really exciting because it allows us to invest further. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the first step was, okay, taking, you know, creating a technology that turns speech into music. Well, what we found is that in order to do that, we have to deconstruct the voice and basically reconstruct it um, using electronics, mm-hmm. right? And so when you do that, right now, given the state of the art, um, that resulting voice ends up losing a lot of the the essential human characteristics mm-hmm. and really the timbre of the mm-hmm. human voice, which is so beautiful and so unique for each mm-hmm. person. Right. Um, you know, that's that's really a great tragedy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's it's great that we've been able to allow people to express themselves in this way, but ultimately it should really sound like the person. Right. Um, and so for us, it's something that we're working on. It's mm-hmm. the next step. Um, it's something we're very cognizant of. And, you know, we hope that in the next, you know, few months and few years that we'll make great strides in being able to preserve the original timbre of, of each individual person. You're listening to Voice Box.
I'm Chloe Veltman and you're listening to Voicebox. Find us online at voicebox-media.org. Prana Gupta, Chief Product Officer at Smule, a creator of mobile, vocal and instrumental music tools, is with me in the studio to talk about the ways in which vocal music apps are helping connect people with vocal music in new ways. We just heard Bruno Mars's Count on Me, sung by two people who happen to be located on opposite sides of the planet in Taipei and San Francisco when they sang the song together. Prana, can you talk us through the technology behind what we just heard? please yeah so this is an app that we launched last year called sing karaoke and it's a global karaoke app so basically our goal with this is not only to um, enable karaoke singing on the mobile device but to actually enable um, enable it socially Mm -hmm. so you know it's it's a basic karaoke product in that you can choose lots of popular songs that you know and it'll display the lyrics as you sing along and it will record you you can have you can add pitch correction or any vocal effects that you want to help you sound better Um, but it takes it a step further so we have what we call joins inside the product which means that you can join other people singing anywhere in the world so if you want for example you know let's say there's a song where there's a male voice and, and a female voice you can sing the female part and then put it up on our network and have an open call for other people to join you and sing on top with with the, the male version that's really cool and there's this really nice example of this uh, being done with lady lady antebellum um, can you tell us about that yeah so um, so lady Lady Annabellum, um, you know, uh, found out about our app and, you know, they really loved it. And we had some of their songs in uh, in the product. And one of our users, which is a, who is a huge Lady Annabellum fan, it was a young boy, he uh, sang one of the songs and did the male part and put out an open call to sing Hilary Scott's part. Hilary Scott's the lead singer with the band, by right, the way. Right, right. And so uh, it turns out Hilary Scott was actually browsing around the app at the time mm-hmm. and uh, she came on and sang her own part. <laughs> he must that must have made his, yeah, his year. I, yeah, I think, I think it was one of the, the most exciting uh, moments <laughs> in that voice life. <laughs> well, let's hear that now. Hands are cold and never came No one ever saw it coming Something in you must have changed All the words unspoken So long, wasted too much time. Should have seen the signs. Now I know just what went wrong. I guess I wanted you more. Lady Antebellum's Wanted You More. The song was performed by a fan of the group using the Sing Karaoke app to perform the song as a duet with Lady Antebellum's lead vocalist, Hilary Scott. We've spent a lot of time tonight talking about apps as an exciting way of turning people who wouldn't ordinarily consider themselves to be singers into songmakers. But how are the apps that you're creating relevant to people who sing well or even professionally? Yeah, so I think um, it depends on the product. So a product like Songify and OtterApp is probably obviously much res- less relevant for someone who's already a good singer. Um, but our our singing apps like La Da and Sing, um, you know, really shine when... You know, the more that you can do yourself, the more talent that you have mm-hmm. yourself, the more comfortable you are singing without any vocal enhancement, um, you know, singing to a set tempo and all of that, um, the better that you sound on these products. And so especially now that we've added um, a major social component, um, we've found in products like Sing 
uh, the people who use them most are actually the ones who are great singers. Mm -hmm. And now you have this thing called strum as well. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us about that? Because I think you said that was a tool that that, uh, people who already sing a lot would enjoy using. Yeah. So what was interesting with strum is it's it's a video product. It's basically an app that um, creates music videos automatically. And it uses the technologies that we've developed for LaDida, Songify, and AutoRap and puts them all together um, in this in this um, app that helps you create music videos automatically. So you film a 15 second video and then you can choose different filters, um, much like you can choose photo filters in Instagram. These are video filters which will apply visual effects, um, but also apply a different type of audio technology. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the idea was we actually expected it mostly to be used by non-musicians, mm-hmm. you know, to create music videos like Songify and Autorap mm-hmm. is used mostly by non-musicians. But what's interesting is that the uh, most popular use case is actually people who love to sing. So mm-hmm. they're, they're coming in and making um, videos of themselves singing or, you know, playing a guitar mm-hmm. um, and singing along with it and applying the visual filters, applying some of the less heavy handed audio technologies such as la da um, to make these music videos of themselves. Well, let's listen now to the internet celebrity I, Justine, Justine Ezerick, who's been using Strum to create YouTube videos of her songs. You'll have to imagine what she's doing on screen, but here she is with a pair of tiny songs in honour of two of her friends. The first track is entitled For Leanne and the second For Danielle. This is a video for Leanne. She loves One Direction, her friends, club, and one and This for my girl and yeah, she loves Call of Duty, she loves Call of Duty, what else does she love, she loves, 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 she This is Voicebox. I'm your host, Chloe Veltman. I'm chatting with the Chief Product Officer of Smule, Prerna Gupta, about the environment for mobile vocal music apps. We just heard two short tracks created by the YouTube celebrity iJustine using one of Smule's apps called Strum. One way in which well-known vocal artists are using apps is as new channels to reach out to and engage with fans. The heavy metal band Slayer had a pinball app developed for its 11th album, World Painted Blood. On sale for $2.99, the app plays snippets of the record as the game progresses, and it was downloaded more than 100,000 times. Madonna, The Beatles and Take That have also all put out apps. Prenna, why are so many successful singers and groups turning to apps these days? Well, that's a that's a great question. I, I think it. I mean, you know, to some extent, it's just it, to be relevant in today's world. I think you have to be on the mobile device. You know, more and more of people's attention is going to the mobile device. But I think, in a sense, it goes back to our earlier conversation about the intimacy of the mobile device and how it. Um, it just kind of creates, there's this particular relationship that, that you know, an individual has with their mobile phone. And I think if you can capture their attention on that, um, it that intimacy carries over to, you know, whatever it is that you're doing as well. Right. Oh, yeah, that makes perfect sense. I mean, and also, especially since the traditional recording industry has 
almost all but disappeared. It seems yes. like yeah, the the app as a um, as a medium for the transfer for for transferring music in the most basic sense seems very important too. Absolutely. The indie pop singer Bjork has been at the cusp of innovation when it comes to designing and promoting music apps. Her 2011 album Biophilia was recorded in part on an iPad, and in addition to being put out into the world as a standard CD and digital download, it was also released in the form of a series of apps. The apps allow people to explore and interact with the song's themes and even make a completely new version of them. The app includes games relating to each song, the score for the songs, animations and musical essays. Biophilia is considered to be the world's first app album. Here's Dark Matters, a song for solo voice, a cappella chorus and organ. Bjork's song for solo voice, chorus and organ makes me consider what the possibilities might be for artists working outside the broad realm of pop music to explore apps. Prerna, what are you seeing in terms of non-Western pop music world singers getting involved in this space? Well, so I think, you know, most of what we see is probably on the sort of the side of the demand of fans. And what we find is that, so we sell a lot of um, musical content in, in our products. And we find, you know, what you find is not that surprising that the most popular songs that are sold are the songs that are in the top, you know, 40 charts. Sure. Um, but there's actually a, a really, really long tail of people who, you know, aren't interested in top 40, or maybe they're interested in top 40, but they also have really um, varied interests in all sorts of other type of music in Bollywood, for example. Mm-hmm. Um you know, we have Bollywood tracks in Songify and in Strum, and mm-hmm. they're some of our most popular um, tracks. And so, you know, what's I think really cool about about really the the mobile platform and being able to have these products that you know when you put them in the iTunes Store, they're available all over the world, is that it it enables us to reach that long tail and to create um, you know to aggregate enough demand for um, somewhat more niche genres to mm-hmm. actually be able to um, justify investing in those things. So mm-hmm. that for someone like me, I mean you know I. I probably don't listen to that much top 40. You know, mm-hmm. I like to listen to um, classical music and um, jazz and stuff that, you know, you're not going to see in the top 40 charts. That's per- particularly exciting uh, for me to, to be able to create that kind of music and, uh, um, you know, support that monetarily. Uh-huh. So it might not be too long before users of your applications will be able to create their own operatic arias and... Uh jazz standards using the technology. (laughs) Hopefully that would be great. (laughs) Well, that's just about all we have time for tonight. Uh, I'd like to thank my wonderful guest, Prerna Gupta, for joining me in the studio. Thanks so much, Prerna. It's been such a treat having you here. Thanks, Chloe. It's, It's been a pleasure. Thank you. 
Voicebox is an independently produced non-profit project recorded at the studios of KALW in San Francisco. The series producer is Seth Samuel and the web editor is Victoria Lim. Greta Bosel is our marketing and development director. Please support Voicebox. You can make an easy and safe donation by visiting voicebox-media.org or you can mail us a cheque. We're a non-profit project, so all donations made to us are tax deductible. Find out more and send us your questions and comments via our website, voicebox-media.org. Don't forget, you can also connect with us on Twitter and Facebook. And if you're looking for me on Twitter, my handle is at Chloe Veltman. I'll play us out with tonight's guest, Prena Gupta, and her business partner and husband, Parag, using one of their apps to sing a Bollywood duet together. Have a songful week. So, let's see what it came up with in the dub tone style. Oh, mm-hmm.